Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's or order online at zaxby's.com. I am your host of the Cowboy Chronicles, Scott Wright of the Oklahoman, joined by columnist Barry Trammell. We're in the Oklahoman mobile podcast studio after Oklahoma State's 45-35 to defeat at Texas Tech in Lubbock. Barry, a rough day all the way around for the Cowboys. You're hard-pressed to find anything you get too excited about in this game. Yeah. Spencer Sanders, five turnovers. The offense, it wasn't like the offense was clicking even without the turnovers. Right. You know, they had the ball ten times. Ten possessions in the first half, they get one touchdown. Yeah. So, the defense made Jet Duffy a star. He's clearly a mediocre quarterback. He looked like a star. Um, gave up a bunch of big plays. It's just a bad day at Black Rock. It wasn't the head kicking that Tech gave OSU last year in Stillwater, but you came away with sort of the same stunned feeling. Mm-hmm. If you remember that game, you know, Cowboys beating Boise State. We're off to a nice start. You think this, this could be a pretty good team. And then they just get their heads handed to them by, by Tech and Stillwater. Well, sort of the same way today. Tech was just... The better team uh, won the line of scrimmage and won the big plays. And you, you know what I don't know is I don't even really understand how the Cowboys finished it within ten. Right. I mean, it, it was they had the two point conversion with three fifty two left to get within eight. Didn't make it, but if they make that, you think, well, they got a chance. They got a chance. Yeah, there were. Um so many things that went the wrong direction for them today that you couldn't really just pinpoint one thing and say, oh, if they had done this better, I mean, I guess you could say that with turnovers, but um, it's hard to it's hard to really nail down all the different things that they uh, that they did wrong. You had penalties at crucial times, turnovers at, at the worst possible times, in particular the uh, the red zone turnover when it looked like they might be gaining some momentum in the second half. Uh, and Spencer Sanders gets blitzed and uh, and gets ball knocked out. He had uh, the late interception when they were uh, trying to put together uh, put together something, but that was a little bit more of a desperation situation. Um, so that was uh, that was that was a tough one. The early turnovers, uh, you know, Sanders not taking care of the ball, uh, making some interesting uh, or poor decisions on on where to throw the ball. Um, it was uh, it was a rough day for him, a learning day for uh, for the young quarterback. He doesn't like being called young, but but these are what he's going through as as the growing pains as a redshirt freshman quarterback in this league. So he's going to see a lot of things over and over again. He's going to see a lot of new things that defenses are going to do to try to take away whether it's Tylen Wallace or or Chuba Hubbard or to rattle him and 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 keep him off balance, especially with what the offensive line is going through but um you got to think that the uh the thing that oklahoma state needs to happen is that they need spencer sanders to be better because of today yeah you know if, if this is a learning experience for spencer if he can you know sort of realize hey this this isn't good i can't i got to take care better care of the ball especially in the pocket losing two fumbles in the pocket is not good. I mean, he's got to take care of the ball. If he's going to be a right. guy that runs around, he's got to do that while taking care of the ball. 
interceptions can happen. One happened while he was hit. One was just a bad throw. The other was, um, uh, like you said, sort of a desperation thing. Uh, went off of Dylan Stoner's one hand. But if he, if he can grow from this, if he can learn from he's clearly got tremendous upside. We saw in desperation time, he had a fourth and eight. They're yeah. down 16. Fourth and eight, he scrambles for 20 yards. They score a couple plays later, keep their hopes alive. Yeah. So, you know, if he can if he can learn from this and, and you know, I remember uh, I remember Landry Jones at Oklahoma threw five touchdowns, five interceptions mm-hmm. as a redshirt freshman up at Nebraska. And, you know, he turned into a really, really good quarterback. So right. same thing can happen, or even more so, I think, Spencer Sanders probably has more upside because of the mobility right. um, factor. But he's got to learn from this and um, you know, make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, obviously the offensive line is going through uh, going through some stuff right now with injuries and position changes and things like that. Um, I think Yumi and, and, and Mike Gundy, based on his postgame comments, were all in the same boat that we would have to watch the game over again on, uh, on film to uh, actually have any, any idea what was really going wrong. Mike Gundy more so than us, but because um, we'd just be guessing at what they're actually trying to accomplish. But there, were definite, there was a, a definite surge from the Texas Tech defensive front. Uh, they were making the run game hard for, uh, for a good little while. They were uh, they were busting up pass plays and uh, and pushing Sanders out of the pocket or making him uh, rush throws. Um, you know the offensive line, like I said, is shuffling around right now, trying to find where guys are uh, are are best at. Trying to find where guys are best at, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be an issue until they uh, they determine. Kind of what the uh, what the future is with Dylan Galloway and his injury, which looks like could be a pretty significant one. Tevin Jenkins returned, played left tackle, that bumped Bryce Bray over to right tackle. The uh, the third game now uh, that he's uh, or the third different position he started at in the last three games. Uh, Hunter Anthony started at right tackle last week, moved to right guard, and rotated with Ryan Schneider. Uh, they're going to have to uh, determine what they want to do going forward. If uh, if Galloway's going to be out for a while, and let those guys get comfortable for for a period of time to to kind of figure things out. Yeah, and you know they they just didn't protect well enough to win this game. Because here's the deal: Texas Tech's pretty good up front. They're yeah. not they're not a bad defense. Talking about you know the big guys and, and the linebackers even, but that secondary's not very good, and the Cowboys really didn't exploit them. Right. Um, Sanders really didn't have time to throw deep. Ended up throwing what I would call 12 downfield passes, something deeper than a slant. Right. And completing only – no, no, I'm sorry, eight. He only threw eight and right. completed three. So, you know, you, this Cowboy if, – if if they're if you're not going to let Chuba Hubbard run wild, you need to, you know, you need to get over the top. And they put a safety on, on Tylen Wallace, like Texas did, and still hung in there against the run. And – Cowboys are, you know, hard pressed to deal with that. Five touchdowns, still a good, you know, good number. But OSU had 18 possessions, mm. <laughs> so that's not good. That's not good offense. Five touchdowns in 18 possessions. That just that doesn't work. No, that's rough. Um, you know, the 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 one odd thing about it, um, 
four or five in the red zone, all touchdowns. <laughs> they were pretty good in the short yardage situation, yeah. Uh, they found a little bit of uh, running room for Chuba. Mm-hmm. You know, Chuba ended up with a, what, 156, 156 yards? 156 yards. On, um, but not a lot in the second half. He had a yeah. 105 on 18 carries in the first half, and when he went over 100, I mentioned it to you, and you were stunned because we were all stunned. It yeah. just how did he get to 100 yards? Because it seemed like he's running against a brick wall. Exactly. But going to uh, that second half, the Cowboys ran four wides more. So no tight end. Those linemen didn't have as much blocking help, and they were still able to, um, you know, they were still able to uh, uh, shut that run down, even uh, covering the four wides. Tech was so just not not a pristine performance at all, and. This was a case of, you know, at Texas, you came away thinking, nah, the game plan wasn't great, and it wasn't. Right. This really didn't seem to be a game plan situation. No. This was a how do we deal with these guys yeah. situation. Yeah, it was uh, It was a, uh, a an adjustment issue and an execution issue more than, more than uh, having a bad game plan, I think. And that's going to be that's going to be part of the process for Sean Gleason. That's going to be part of the process for Spencer Sanders uh, in their uh, their first year together and uh, and and at OSU. So that's uh, that'll be something that uh, that that we'll be watching as uh, as this season progresses. Uh, you know, off week and then uh, homecoming against Baylor, which will be a uh, a big deal. So that's going to be a big game with uh, based on what what Baylor looks like at this point. The Bears right now look like the Big 12's third best team, unless they're the second best team. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, you know, they go to K-State and win easy. They mm-hmm. won about as easy as OSU beat K-State in, in Stillwater. So, you know, I think we're looking at a a, a possible uh, big-time team, big-time on, uh, on a Big 12-type basis right. in, in Baylor, a team that could contend for even the, uh, the Big 12 title game. All right, let's take a quick break on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. Coming back in three, two, one. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Barry Trammell. Barry, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. It was a very interesting day on uh, on that side. They felt like they were playing pretty well early on, even though they ended up in Oklahoma State ended up in a twenty to nothing hole. It felt like the defense was playing pretty solid. They were getting put in some rough situations by the offense's turnovers. Uh, second half, they. Couldn't uh, they couldn't make any stops? But it wasn't necessarily third down that was hurt them. It was first down. Tech lived on first downs. I think what was Tech uh, three of twelve or three of fourteen? Two, 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 two of thirteen. Two of thirteen on third downs. Generally, you think, wow, what a game. But Tech had forty first down plays Saturday. They made first downs on seventeen of those forty plays. That that's uh, that's a killer stat, right? Yeah. That so I mean that's just. Uh, the OSU D, as you said, they hung tough. I thought pretty good in the first half. Not very good in the second half. Gave up some big pass plays. They let Tech's receivers run free. They didn't. They didn't really rush Jet Duffy enough. This is not a good quarterback, Jet Duffy. Right. Uh, he showed a few sparks last year. 
Um, but he's not a great quarterback. I mean, here's how good of a quarterback he is. This Tech team lost its starter, Alan Bowman, three mm-hmm. weeks ago down in Arizona. And then a week later had the game, the, the day off. Right. Week after that, which was last Saturday, they go to Norman. You know, pretty tough situation. And they didn't start Jet Duffy in that game. <laughs> right. Jackson Tyner, a transfer from Rice, who did not start at Rice, <laughs> was Matt Wells' choice to quarterback to start out against the Sooners. So, clearly, they don't have great high hopes for Jet Duffy in right. Lubbock. Right. And yet today, he looked like a vintage tech quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. 424 yards, four touchdowns. Quite an impressive performance from him. They ran the ball when they needed to or uh, or slipped running back out into some screen passes that were effective and uh, and, and made that a, a good weapon for them. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of interesting things that happened for Oklahoma State on the defensive side of the ball. Still struggling with the pass rush. I thought we would see some, some different things from Jim Knowles this week. To, uh, to try to keep Jet Duffy off balance and not know where a blitz might be coming from. But I guess he was so concerned about uh, keeping tight coverage in the back that he, uh, that he needed to uh, keep some of those guys out there. I thought maybe you know, Colby Harvell Peel or, uh, or Trey Sterling could be uh, guys who would be popping in on some blitzes from time to time, but we really didn't see that. They, they tried to move around that defensive end spot that they call the Leo that Brock Martin plays and Mike Scott who didn't play a ton today um, and and Trace Ford who uh, who played pretty well when he was in uh, used his speed effectively I thought uh, they tried to move that guy around and do some different things there play with the uh, the big front three of, uh, of all those defensive tackles with Israel Antoine sort of acting as the other defensive end so um, they've uh, I think I think the biggest concern with with what the defense did today was that they they suddenly couldn't tackle and that really hadn't been a major issue. They've been pretty solid, pretty reliable in that up until this point, but suddenly couldn't do it today. Not a good tackling day, missed some in the secondary, but mostly the tailbacks. And it wasn't like Tech ran wild on on OSU, but they did pick up some timely yardage. Um, and they ran well. I think they had 190 yards, 170 yeah. yards rushing, whatever yeah. it was. And, uh, you know, they just they supplemented. They had 424 yards passing. And then you run for another 170, and you're looking at 600 yards total offense. So it was a, uh, it was a uh, disappointing, disappointing effort. You know, I, I wonder that – what do you think of this theory? Do you think – they they really came into this game thinking Jet Duffy could only hurt them with his legs because he's pretty mobile. He can move around right, pretty right. good. Yeah. I wonder if they just came in with a containment game plan. Yeah. And, you know, keep him in the pocket and let him throw all he wants. Well, he did throw all he wants. He stayed in the pocket <laughs> he and he threw for 424 yards. Yeah. Well, I mean, was... I wonder if that may – maybe they were stunned at how well he threw the ball today. And how little he ran it, because he really didn't take off that much. No, no. And so you you really could be onto something with that, because they they really did not um, do anything all that exotic up front. 
Uh, you know, a lot, there weren't a lot of uh, a lot of involved wasn't a lot of involvement from the linebackers, uh, which uh, you know you kind of expect from uh, against Texas Tech because they're not going to run the ball that much. And then when the quarterback doesn't run either, that limits them even more. So that's uh, that's very possible that they were more worried that he was going to be a guy that was going to tuck it and, and take off more than he was going to do throwing the ball against them and obviously the uh the the reverse was true so frustrating day for for jim knowles in the defense uh, particularly not to carry over the uh the, the strong play from the first half and to be getting off the field as much as they were on third down but still not have a successful day is uh that's a that's a demoralizing kind of feeling so um important for them i think the bye week comes now at a really good time for uh for a team not that there's a bad time for a bye week to uh, to to sit around but uh i think it's uh, uh it's good timing for for this team that maybe they're uh ready for a little bit of rest you know gundy said something after the game i thought was interesting and we always look at bye weeks as how many where it falls in the uh in the schedule in terms of games played right but Gundy pointed out this is nine weeks they've been going. Yeah. Because he counts the three or four weeks of uh, training camp. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what, what Gundy said is sort of the way the NFL people look at it. You know, when you look at an NFL team that gets an early buy, sometimes they don't right. like it, but sometimes people say, we need it now because we've got this, uh, you know, we've been going at it since late July. Right. So I think that's what's the deal with with uh, Gundy in his mindset. He said he thought he maybe worked the guys too hard. Nobody would agree with him. No. But that's what he said. And so I don't, you know, I do think it's probably a pretty good time for, for the buy and maybe regroup. Yeah. Uh, nobody, as far as the players go, none of them were biting on the idea that they've been worked too hard, which you would expect. Uh, guys like Chuba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace, they're not going to, they're not going to give in to that type of an excuse uh Tyler Wallace seemed to appreciate the fact that Mike Gundy was sticking up for him and sort of taking some of the blame of this game but um but he definitely wasn't uh wasn't biting on the idea that that they were tired and that's why they look so flat right uh, yeah so we'll see um but uh let's uh, I tell you what Barry let's take a quick break and come back and uh look ahead just a little bit and uh, and talk about what uh, what's to come after the bye week for Oklahoma State here on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zach. Coming back in three, two, one. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zach. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by columnist Barry Trammell. Barry as we talked about, Oklahoma State now off for a week, and they've got homecoming. This was a really good scenario for them a year ago. It sort of played out like this, where they had a, uh, a really ugly loss at Kansas State, then a bye week, and then Texas came to town. And they obviously won that game, bounced back in, uh, in roaring fashion. Could this uh, could this be a, a beneficial type of thing like that? I mean, it's hard to hard to hard to guess, but. Seems like that could uh, the, the the timing and and all of this stuff coming together with as big a deal as homecoming is at Oklahoma State could be a, a, a beneficial situation. It needs to be, yeah, because I mean, look at where the Cowboys were this morning, right? Four and one, the only loss on the road in a tight fit against the team ranked eleventh in the country. Yeah, 
Cowboys coming off a dominating victory over what was perceived to be a really good Kansas State team. Mm-hmm. And you think, I mean, I think most OSU people, most Big 12 people thought, this is a really good football team. Yeah. We're going to find out how good, but we know that they are good. Now look at them. That victory over Kansas State doesn't look quite as good mm-hmm. because the Cats got dominated at home by Baylor. Cowboys come down here to Lubbock and lose to what I thought was the worst team in the Big 12. I'm not convinced I was wrong. Yeah. Um, what I saw from Tech last week, not good. So Tech clearly is not a, a very good team. Coming up after the bye, the Cowboys have Baylor and Stillwater, then at Iowa State. If the Cowboys don't, you know, hitch up their britches, they could be staring at four and four going into November. So, you know, I don't think that's what you want. I don't think that's what you want to be doing in November. No, not at all. Not with the uh, the, the the finishing schedule that they've got now. A lot of those games are at home, but that's a that's a tough situation to be in. So, not uh, uh, Texas Tech did nothing to change your mind as far as the the uh, the bottom of the bottom rung well, of the Big Twelve. I mean, right clearly now. they're better than I thought. Yeah, but the the truth might be that there's just a whole bunch of teams about even in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma, Texas, we'll see on Baylor, um, but everybody else might be pretty close. Yeah, you know TCU, West Virginia, Kansas Tech, OSU, Iowa State. You know, we, we, we'll see. Um, the great thing it all plays out, and we find out, you know, the pecking order by the the, the literal standings. But clearly, the Cowboys dropped their own reputation today. I mean, they were right. they were considered one of the top three teams in the league, third probably. But mm-hmm. now, no, they're not. You know, they're not up there. They're somewhere else. And like you said, the next two games, I almost said the next two weeks, but they've got the week off. The next two games are going to be critical to determining where uh, where they might fall. Now, obviously, they can go and do something silly like they did today, or uh, or like they did on occasion against really good teams last year. We we can well, it's yet to be seen what they're going to do and uh, in really tight big time situations. But the the Baylor and the homecoming is Baylor, and then at Iowa State are critical games to determining what direction this season goes and we'll see uh, we'll see what that sets them up for in November um, but obviously they've uh, they've got to find a way to to avoid games like this against against teams where you're expected to win and you come out completely flat um, now that's uh, you know people people throw in Baylor and uh, last year as, as one of those type of games, it wasn't necessarily that much of uh, them being flat. They were ahead in that game and, and had it put away if they could have gotten one defensive stop or one more offensive first yeah, down. Yeah, you know, they ended up – I thought that was a solid game. They just didn't play well at the end. Um, but you're right. This To me, this was like the two games you referenced at TCU, at K-State, and also the home game against Tech. Yeah. Where they just they – just, no shows. You can't be a no show. Yep. So, you know, it's uh, it, talking about bye weeks. This is one of those weird years where 
the way the calendar falls, everybody gets two, and Oklahoma State has uh, six games remaining. They'll play three and get another week off and then finish up with three more. So uh, that's, um, that's kind of a beneficial way to, uh, to, to look at things from here on out, even though they've had this, uh, this rough stretch to start with six straight. Now they get uh, now they get to play three and rest another week and then uh, and then finish it up. So that'll be beneficial. It's going to be interesting to see where this Cowboy team goes from here, what direction they go, how they bounce back when Baylor comes to town for homecoming. Always uh, always a fun day. Some uh, some typical fun uh, fun things. 11 a.m. kick on homecoming. You think that uh, you think that the networks would uh, would do that too? I think it's quite possible. Quite possible. Yes. It'd be interesting. You know, you know what they ought to do? They, one thing they ought to negotiate, they ought to look for a, see if they could have one mulligan a year in which they can say, this is the one day we don't want to play at 11 and right. please grant it. Yeah. And OSU could do it for homecoming. Other schools have different you know, right. priorities. Yeah. But, you know, I understand the TVs. They're paying a lot of money, but... You know, for the homecoming situation, seems like it's pretty clear that you'd want, you know, the, the, that's just a killer. The, the 11 a.m. is yeah. a killer. And I know that Oklahoma State communicates to the Big 12 that they, and the, and the networks, that they do not want the, uh, the six-day window being utilized for, uh, for choosing the time of that game. They want to know as far in advance as possible what time kickoff is going to be for for homecoming because there are so many other events that are tied into what time the football game starts. So uh, that's an important factor for them as they uh, as they're uh, sort of laying out that week. So we'll have uh, a lot more on that. Barry, anything uh, I'd like to wrap it up with the uh, the most important thing I forgot? Anything we didn't get to? Um, excellent onside kick. That was impressive. That was a great onside kick, and Dylan Stoner ran it down. Is the best kind of onside kick because you get it all the way down to the 35-yard line. They scored quick. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of onside kicks. You're hoping uh, that you get the ball back just as you cross that 10 yards, which is still on your side of the field. They end up on the other 35. That's a that's a big time kick uh, onside kick. So uh, well played there. Didn't uh, didn't have the same luck on the second one. You know. Jake McClure has been impressive on uh, on his onside kick attempts. They've still they've only come away with the one, but they had the one at Texas that got the nice pop up right in front of the defender, and it looked like they almost had a chance to get that one or the uh, the the receiver, I guess I should say. Uh, but had the nice pop up on the on that second bounce, which is what you want out of uh, an onside kick to give uh, give your guys a shot at a jump ball. So nice work by him in the uh, in the onside kick business. So all right, Barry. With that, I think we'll wrap it up. We'll have uh, our regular midweek podcasts coming uh, coming up. Jacob will be joining me again for those. We'll try to get another guest on maybe this week, Deanna Made. If you didn't, go listen to that in the uh, the pregame Texas Tech uh, podcast for, from Friday. Jump in the archives. Go check that out. Even, uh, even if you uh, just want to skip to the second segment where he just tells stories about his trips to Texas Tech and to play against Texas Tech in Stillwater fantastic stuff he was uh he was hilarious and told some great stories that were just a blast to listen to so go check those out in the cowboy chronicles uh, archive make sure you're subscribing jump on uh, itunes and uh apple podcasts and uh give us uh give us a star rating and uh treat us treat us like a recruit whatever you think we'll uh, we'll take it 
rate us, review us, all those good things. This has been the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. <laughs>